This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. As we start today, we are so thankful, not only for you as listeners, but we are so thankful that you never hear our discussions off air. That we know of. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're saving them we in a file to We're hoping our producer is <laughs> not <laughs> recording these. Um, I think sometimes you just shake your head like, really, how did they get go down that? I We were doing a lot of things off air as far as just trying to figure out how to say things. So, right, we were just trying to figure out how to pronounce a name in case yeah, you're wondering yes, what was going on. You listening to me attempt the name over and over again would be quite embarrassing for me. Um, but we have been the broad picture that the real thing that we want to talk about on air is about repentance. And this is our final day in that topic. We've been using um, Thomas Watson's The Doctrine of Repentance to help us. Um, I, we have another book here called Repentance by a Scottish minister in the late 17th and 18th or 18th and 19th century, and this was the whole debate about how to say his name. You should spell it first, but then, then say it. John, and then his last name is C-O-L-Q-U-H-O-U-N, and that is John, go ahead, Ryan. Cahoon. Cahoon. Yeah, I, I think you can even pronounce the L depending on where, so it would be Calhoun. Yeah, so you just you yeah, have we, lots we, of letters yeah, in the, right. a name that... You just don't say. Yeah, sometimes um, you want to buy a vowel. This yes. one has too many. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and what you can find is that there are, are just good resources on, well, what is true biblical repentance? So we began the series talking about false repentance. Then we moved into true repentance. Let me mention one more book while we're mentioning books. And this one's a, a much more modern than the Puritans. It was written by a man by the name of C. John Miller, Jack Miller, C. John Miller. And, he, and the uh, title of it is, again, Repentance, A Daring Call to Real Sum- Surrender. And he deals with repentance in that book in, I think, a fresh way, which would be helpful to the to the reader. Mark Jones, a former speaker at one of our conferences, also wrote a book called Knowing Sin, and that book is not necessarily about repentance, but it does have a section that deals with repentance, mm-hmm. and so that also would be helpful reading material. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else has suggestions for the listeners. Probably Miller's book is going to take some of the the Puritan thoughts and right. modernize it, make it more accessible. Yeah, you know, Jack Miller, he was uh, he he said, "Cheer up, you're far worse than you ever dared to imagine. Cheer up, you're much more greater love than you ever dared to hope." Mm-hmm. And so, in that in that sense, he's not going to leave you wallowing in your sin. He's actually going to say it's a good thing that you acknowledge this, that you're repenting of it, because it gives you a great cause for uh, the assurance of the mercies of God. 
I like Richard Owen Roberts's book, Repentance, the First Word of the Gospel, so even just for the introduction and, mm-hmm. and emphasizing when in Mark, when Jesus comes to preach, the, he announces the kingdom is ha- as at hand, and then the first response is repent and believe. Mm-hmm. So with Watson, we've been going through what he refers to as six ingredients, the six things that needs to be that need to be present in order for something to be true repentance, starting with sight for sin, then sorrow for sin, confession of sin, shame of sin, hatred for sin, and then our last and final one today is turning from sin. Mm-hmm. And that turning is a process, but it ought to be discernible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say, well, there was a turn from sin. You you mm-hmm. should be able to note that there was a turn from sin. And maybe the foundational Thing that we can use for this. There are several moments in the life of Christ where we've seen either the call to turn or the actual turning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this process, there's, I mean, there are some of those sins that, you know, I think of, you know, some who struggle with addiction. There mm-hmm. are stories of people where God gives a grace where it's an immediate f- switching and turning away from it. But the vast majority of time, like you said, it's a process. It's like a a graph, a chart that you look at and you hold up and there are peaks and valleys, but there's this trajectory upward of turning away. Yeah, Thus, so, mathematicians would say that there's an upward slope. There yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so there is this turning from sin with this commitment to pursue a life of obedience to his will. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about turning. But you know, Jesus would, would say, bear fruit in keeping with repentance in, mm-hmm. in Matthew chapter 3. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a there, true repentance always, there's a fruit that comes from it. It, it, it it's demonstrable. It, it changes the way you live. And that's why when we say it's not just turning from the sin, it's, you know, it is the pursuit of a new obedience. I like Ephesians 4.28 for this. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he has to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. He goes yeah. from the sinful greed yeah. and thievery to honest work, but then the repentance is the new spirit of generosity in him. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's that fruit that comes from it. Yeah. And a key, I think, too, in repentance is this turning in that the word we get for metamorphosis where a caterpillar turns into a butterfly is the same root word that we get this word repentance there is a turning away from one thing to another a change that is at the center of true repentance jesus tells the woman caught in adultery you know there's no one here to condemn you and he doesn't just simply say to the woman go you've been you've been forgiven he says go and sin no more Mm -hmm. there's that turn Mm-hmm. Um, Zacchaeus, he mm-hmm. finds forgiveness in Christ. His repentance is demonstrated in his willingness to provide restitution to those that he he wronged. Mm-hmm. There's a turning from that sin. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, by your fruit you will know them. <clears throat> uh, there is that fruit that is visible. Watson is going to, to say that there are five things that demonstrates true turning from sin first it's a turning with the heart to unpack that 
It, this is where we've been all along, you know, that uh, that the that repentance is actually a process in the heart. So that it's not just an outward thing. It's not just ch- checking boxes, you know. But I really have this desire that comes from inside me to do these things. So I turn with my heart. I turn with my – I turn – it's an inward uh, expression of things. Yeah, Thomas's language of will and affections mm-hmm. being changed is mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Both right. the inward will and the inward affections are turned from sin to mm-hmm. things that are holy and good. And when uh, Jesus is confronted by his uh, by his opponents because his disciples weren't washing their hands mm-hmm. ceremonially before they ate, and he teaches not to judge according to what goes in the mouth, but what proceeds out of the mouth from for mm-hmm. from the heart proceed all kinds of evil and wickedness and vile things. And so when we turn with the heart, then that naturally then manifests itself how? Uh, Watson would say it's a turning from all sin. You know, it's, you know, it's like, you know, I'm, when I recognize sin for sin, I'm not going to keep some of my treasured ones. I'm mm-hmm. not, not going to say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of that. I won't do that anymore. I don't, but this is something I can't give up. And so he he's saying real repentance turns from each and every sin, not just not the like you talk about the big the big ones, um, but uh, each and every one and every manifestation of it. Mm. One of the things that the the Puritans helped me with is this idea that when I pray, I pray that God would help me to see the sinfulness of sin, mm-hmm. and. Puritans can get a bad rap, but I, I do think they understood that. They understood that just the utterly sinfulness of sin, mm-hmm. and that hopefully that you just see it in all of its horror, all of its rebellion, mm-hmm. all of its wickedness, and you say, "No, I, I want to flee from that. I, I want to turn from that." Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of this hatred um, that results in turning. David prays that God would keep him from willful sins, you know, restrain him, hold him up. But he also prays that he would be forgiven for hidden stains. Mm -hmm. So an acknowledgement that there are ways that we sin that we don't recognize yet and we don't fully understand, but that God would deal with those in time and and look on us with mercy. The third one is that he's going to say that we have to turn from sin upon spiritual grounds. And we have been here so many times, but in a second I'm going to – ask a question about that. He's saying it's not out of fear or design, but because of religious convictions. Why does Watson touch on this so many times that it's about not the consequences, not out of fear, but it's about the conviction that lies underneath of that? Why is that something that Watson has circled back to so many times? Because the only thing that counts is is sin before God. You know, it's when David sinned, he... He actually begins against you and you only have I sinned. And so this is so it's not just that I've offended somebody else. I've really offended God, who is going to hold me accountable to that in the end. We'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And so there's a there's a sense in which that's why he's he's focusing here about a religious conviction. Actually, uh, we're using religion in in a way that the Puritans would have used religion, not with a, a negative quality to it, but saying this is really what heart religion is all about. Yeah, I think there's a clarity that comes too when we when we do this out of a motivation of love for God and love for, for the gospel, we repent. 
rather than fear of consequences, which can muddy the waters. What am I truly repenting of? I Mm -hmm. often ask somebody, what are they doing simply because they love God? And what are they doing because they, what are they not doing simply because they love God? This is really the, this is really the sign of true repentance. I think uh, we can, people can obey and yet despise the authority they're obeying. Right. And um, that would be old, older all the brother time. of Luke 15. Yeah, right, religion right. in the negative sense. And so what I think Watson is getting at here is there's a turning from sin must be, you know, that it's that heart issue that he's been talking about, we've been mentioning, out of mm-hmm. love for God. And I wanted you guys just to spend some time on this last one about that it's not just turning away from sin, but turning towards God. Mm-hmm. Why is that so important? Again, he's uh, our turning away from sin is, yes, it's tied to our hatred of it, but the reason why we hate it is because it is separating us from, it goes back to the enmity. You know, God is to be the whole uh, substance of what we love and what we desire and to turn to him because, not simply because we don't want to go to hell, but to turn to him because we want to be with him. You know, I was listening to the scripture as I was coming here on my personal devotions, talking about what the Levites were given and the land being divided up. And the Levites were not given any land of their own. Uh, their inheritance was God himself. And yeah. and uh, he is to be our substance and what we our object of our affection. And I, I would take him back to the second half of Psalm 19, where it talks about uh, the law of the Lord being perfect, and it revives our soul. Uh, the testimony of the Lord is sure, it makes me wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, they rejoice the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, it enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. I think that when, when we start to see what we're, we're turning to, um, and all that refreshment that comes in Psalm 19, I think it makes it... Uh, you know, that's that's where we get into the heart of the matter. Mm. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We will see you next time.